Good morning and welcome to our liturgy on this seventh Sunday after Pentecost. And welcome to St. James Episcopal Church in Baton Rouge. Our service begins with our opening hymn found in the bulletin uh, in the description on our YouTube page uh, with a link or also emailed out earlier today or even found on our Facebook page. So however you are joining us virtually this morning, welcome. And now let us prepare our hearts and minds to worship our Lord. Thanks, we praise you for your 
be with you. And also with you, let us pray. Almighty God, the fountain of all wisdom, you know our necessities before we ask and our ignorance in asking. Have compassion on our weakness and mercifully give us those things which for our unworthiness we dare not, but for our blindness we cannot ask, through the worthiness of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the book of Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last. Besides me, there is no God. Who is like me? Let them proclaim it. Let them declare and set it forth before me. Who has announced from of old the things to come? Let them tell us what is yet to be. Do not fear or be afraid. Have I not told you from of old and declared it? You are my witnesses. Is there any God besides me? There is no other rock. I know not one. The word of the Lord. Psalm 86, verses 11 through 17. Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Knit my heart to you, so that I may fear your name. I will thank you, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and glorify your name forevermore. For great is your love toward me. You have delivered me from the nethermost pit. The arrogant rise up against me, O God, and a band of violent men seeks my life. They have not set you before their eyes. But you, O Lord, are gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and full of kindness and truth. Turn to me and have mercy upon me. Give your strength to your servant and save the child of your handmaid. Show me a sign of your favor so that those who hate me may see it and be ashamed. Because you, O Lord, have helped me and comforted me. A reading from Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 25. Brothers and sisters, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of this body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very Spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if, in fact, we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free. 
from its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of, the, of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies, for in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Jesus put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat, and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? 
He answered, an enemy has done this. The slave said to him, then do you want us to go and gather them? But he replied, no, for in gathering the weeds, you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest. And in harvest time, I will tell the reapers, collect the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Then he left the crowds and went into the house and his disciples approached him saying, explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. He answered, the one who sows the good seed is the son of man and the field is the world and the good seed are the children of the kingdom. And the weeds are the children of the evil one and the enemy he sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers, and they will throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Let anyone with ears listen. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to tell you a story. And it began in the month of March in a particular year. And what occurred in that month was that a frightening virus spread throughout the world. Characteristics of the virus seemed to leak its origin to the animal world. But there was a total agreement on that opinion but millions of people were infected and many, many people died as well. People over 65 seemed to be affected in a great way. There was a very high mortality rate among that group. And then young people between the ages of 20 and 40 began to be affected and also die. And those in that young age group before they caught the virus, were said to have been considered healthy. There was no vaccine to fight the virus. Control efforts worldwide were limited to non-pharmaceutical efforts. Isolation, quarantine, good personal hygiene, disinfectants used on surfaces, and limited public gatherings. This all may sound very familiar to you, but I'm not talking about COVID-19. Rather, I am speaking about what came to be known as the Spanish flu or the pandemic of 1918. It happened over 100 years ago. The name was somewhat unfair. 
All of this happened during World War I, and Spain was neutral during that World War. And unlike other countries that thought reporting on the flu would have a negative effect on the morale of the war effort, Spain went ahead and reported on it. Were scary times then, just as there are scary times now. Now, don't get me wrong, this is very serious stuff. We need to take every precaution possible to get through it ourselves. But there is something that I feel very strongly about our particular pandemic. And that is that we will get through it. I'm not saying that, that there has not been suffering and pain and even death. But I do believe we will get through it because I believe in hope. St. Paul lived in a time when the Roman Empire controlled everything. Perhaps you could say it wasn't exactly a time of hope. Even the lives of the average citizens were affected. It couldn't have been easy to be under control of another government and having troops march through your streets day after day. In addition to that, Paul had to deal with some other things. One was dealing with the knowledge that Jesus was Lord and that he had a call to preach the gospel to people who are not necessarily receptive. And he got a negative response, not just from people in the Roman government, but Jewish people who didn't accept Jesus as a Messiah. But in spite of that, in spite of a time of very little hope, Paul preached the gospel of love and hope. The reading from Paul's letter to the Romans today has a passage that I've preached on hundreds of times in my ministry, usually at funeral services. He says, the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that's to be revealed to us. I have preached about the suffering of this life and that when this life was over, that Paul said that the glories of heaven would be incredible. But when I read the passage this time, after a long time in this ministry, I read it with new eyes. The sufferings of this present age may be horrible and challenging, a pain in the neck. And the glories of Christ may be quite evident after we die. But the glories that are to be revealed to us may very well come to us in this life. In fact, Jesus speaks of the kingdom of God in those terms. In one sense, he talks as if it is something that is going to come later, that will come into its fruition. But at other points, there are different things when the Spirit seems to be working in the world and Christ tells the people around them that they have come very close to the kingdom of God. The 
kingdom of God may come when we die, but it's also part of who we are now. Paul says that we did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back in fear. We are not to be chained to worries and frustrations and all the things that life throws at us. We receive instead a spirit of adoption, a connection to God who loves us and keeps an eye on us like a loving parent. Does this mean that God kicks every rough, rough situation out of our lives, out of our way? Nah. But like a, a kid who falls off a bike or falls and skins his knee, the loving parent is there to hold us and to comfort us. He lets us know that hope is worth having. I looked at today's gospel of the wheat growing with the weeds in a different way when I read it this time. Like the passage from Romans, I've preached on this passage from Matthew hundreds of times. But I've always read it as if we were the wheat. You know, we were the good guys, the good seed. And the weeds were those troublesome people that drove us crazy, the ones who didn't think the way we did. You know, sinners. When I read the passage this time, I look, at, I look at it in terms of the weeds and the wheat being situations in our lives. There we were, having a good life, grains of wheat, happy, nourishing, just happy to be growing with sunshine coming down on us. And then one day, something interrupts our life. Maybe it's just a little weed, a little inconvenience. And something else happens. Another little problem. Another little weed. And after a while, more weeds start showing up. And then, if that wasn't enough, we have a good solid rain. And we are surrounded by weeds. The little inconvenience has now become a field of weeds. Something we think is beyond our control. And maybe it is. Christ tells us to be patient. The harvest will come. Weeds will be pulled and burned in a fire and we will get through the growing season. Sometimes I need to look at people in my life during tough times to see the glory that's to be revealed. One of those people is my friend Mary Palms, the nutritionist at the day school. But I'll get to her in just a second. First, I want to tell you about something, and this may seem like I'm really changing gears. But I'm going to tell you about a little clever device that I ordered over the internet the other it's called a photo stick. You plug it into your computer and it searches for every photo on your computer and then saves it on this flash drive. Well, a few days ago, the photo stick that I had ordered arrived in the mail and there was also a note from Mary 
wishing me well on my retirement. Her note was filled with love and filled with joy, a joy that flows out of her every day. Mary supervised and cooked meals that the children at the day school consume. She is the gumbo lady during Lent. And occasionally, when we aren't working her just so hard as can be, she is called on to put together an occasional soup supper for the church. She has filled my stomach many times, but more often, she has filled my soul. I read her kind note, smiled, and then I plugged in the photo stick for it to do its job. And as the device was saving the pictures on my computer, the pictures were also flashed across the computer screen. And suddenly I saw pictures of Mary's home and street during the Baton Rouge floods a few years ago. Mary and her husband Robert's house had flooded, gone under about six feet. And a group of us from the church and day school had gone over to tear out sheetrock and flooring and to haul out ruined items from her house. There were things that had great value to, uh, to her and great sentimental value. But I also took pictures while I was there. And I even had a video of piles of trash from Mary and her neighbor's front yards. It was a horrible time, but Mary and Robert survived it. As devastating as it was, I remember Mary repeating herself at her house saying, we'll get by, we'll get by. And when neighbors asked her who all these people were coming and helping her, Mary told them, that's my other family. Mary is one of hundreds of people who teach me about hope. She is one of hundreds of people who teach me about the love of Christ. When rough times come our way, when weeds overwhelm us, when the little crucifixions in our lives make us think that we won't get by, Opening ourselves up to hope may help us remember that rough times will pass, that resurrections come after the pain of the cross, and that weeds will eventually get pulled. Amen.
Let us affirm our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all it is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Hi everyone at St. James. It's me, Claire Harriman, my dad, Robert Harriman, my mom, Sarah Harriman, and my little brother right here, John Robert Harriman. And today we're reading the prayers of the people. Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church. That we all may be one. Grant that every member of the church may truly and humbly serve you. That your name may be glorified by all people. We pray for Michael, the presiding bishop, Morris, our bishop, Bob, our bishop in residence, Chris, Ralph, and Drew, our priests, Pat, our deacon, Annie, our seminarian, and all bishops, priests, and deacons. That they may be faithful ministers of your word and sacraments. We pray for Donald, our president, John Bell, our governor, Sharon, our mayor, and all who govern and hold authority in the nation of the world. That there may be justice and peace on the earth. Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake. That our works may find favor in your sight. Have compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble. That they may be delivered from their distress. Give to the departed eternal rest. Let light perpetual shine upon them. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. May we also come to share in your heavenly kingdom. Let us pray for our own needs and those of others. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart, 
We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. The Lord our God, accept the fervent prayers of your people. In the multitude of your mercies, look with compassion upon us and all who turn to you for help. You are gracious, O lover of souls, and to you we give glory, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. And let us pray to our Lord in the words that he has given us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins for our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. In the peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of His Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.